Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. I just never stop going. I mean, I look at the noise, but I don't listen to it, you know. But I just, I just keep going, and I just go about my day. You know, whether it's on the field or off the field, I do what I do. And I may let some people know along the way, and if they don't believe me, then oh well. Or I show people along the way, if they don't believe it, then oh well, I'm going to keep going. And that's how I look at it. I don't, I don't take no day for granted. I'm working, and it shows every, you know, each and every year. So. That is Buffalo Bills receiver Isaiah McKenzie, ironically enough, former Denver Bronco Isaiah McKenzie. And joining me on the Western Hotline to chat about said Broncos is Benjamin Albright. He's a Broncos insider for KOA Colorado. You can follow him on Twitter at Albright2Ls NFL on Twitter. Benjamin, thanks so much, my friend. It's been a while. Hope uh, hope your summer's going well, my friend. Yeah, going pretty well so far. I, I'm uh, no complaints. No complaints. Going into a long weekend. Uh, you just got off of a uh, a championship parade, which uh, I've got to ask. You know, being a guy that's never actually been to a championship parade before, uh, how was that? I assume it was fun as hell. It looked very fun. Yeah, it was. It's the second one I've been to in the last, I don't know, five or six years. Obviously, the Broncos Super Bowl parade was a little more heavily attended, but for a hockey thing, I mean, there were five hundred thousand people there, so. <laughs> Uh, it was uh, it was it was pretty um, it was it was pretty impressive. Um, I would say that uh, of the two parades, if I were comparing the Broncos and this one, that the Broncos would have been a little more family friendly, uh, and this one would have been a little more intoxicated. <laughs> I did see a couple of very good videos: players falling down with the cup, so on and so forth. Uh, <laughs> listen, I'll say this about hockey players: I've never really been one in my life. I've always been sort of a football guy. Um, hockey players do have a legacy of um, being able to drink with the best of them. Yeah, I mean, the whole sport has basically a Wade Boggs uh, <laughs> reputation, right? So That they do, yes, the uh, the boss hog, for sure. There, There's no doubt about that. Ben, um, obviously, you know, kind of looking forward here in the next couple of weeks as training camp uh, we're in, we're in, we're in the month where it starts. So it's exciting times for everyone. And I think no more exciting than maybe if you're a Broncos fan, because for the first time since, you know, Peyton Manning was acquired, um, there's a real feel that they have elite level quarterback play to match a team that has been sort of knocking on the door, but just doesn't have that quarterback to get them over the top. But in the same breath, in the same year they acquire Russell Wilson, you know, the division goes and gets Devontae Adams and, you know, Khalil Mack and all these moves that the rest of the division has made. While though those other teams got better, is there still that sense that Russell Wilson's the kind of missing piece for this Broncos team to finally get over the hump in that division that is probably going to be the best in football? Well, yeah. I mean, there kind of is. Uh, you, you're talking about a defense that was the third best defense in the league last year. Uh, if they could have just taken the flying leap forward in quarterback play and landed at staggering mediocrity, they probably would have been a playoff team. 
Uh, the fact that you, you go out there and you get a top 10 quarterback like Russell Wilson, um, you know, that, that sets the expectation even higher. And while Vic Fangio is gone, uh, you have Nathaniel Hackett in here now. And this, this staff that he's assembled, while they're, they're light on experience, uh, the offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, special teams coordinator, and head coach have never, ever been in those positions before. Uh, there is a different energy around the building. You know, it's upbeat where, you know, Vic Fan- getting a compliment from Vic Fangio was trying to wring water from a stone. Uh, you know, Nathaniel yeah. Hackett, uh, you, you need to umbrella so you don't get showered with the compliments you know though the the funny thing about Fangio because he is that true old school NFL guy and and maybe in today's NFL that sort of personality doesn't exactly connect or 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 bring in some of the younger players and some of these guys now that um, are coming from college programs where you are getting more of that Nathaniel Hackett feel at the same time Ben I, I think there's a real sense at least for me that there was a, a level of underappreciation for how good of a defensive play caller Vic Fangio was. And whether or not he was equipped to be an NFL head coach, I don't know that he was ever given the true opportunity to be one, considering the quarterbacks that he had to roll out there in every week. And listen, he's the head coach. He does have a level of say about who starts, who plays. But it's not like he had the opportunity to play with a Russell Wilson. Do you feel like... The move away from Fangio without giving him a true franchise quarterback was was a level of unfair, or or do you think that's just that's the way the NFL rolls? And you know, if you can't win with whoever they give you, then you know there's there's still no excuse at the end of the day. Well, I mean, for the fans, that's pretty much how it goes. You know, if you can't turn chicken, you know what, into chicken salad, then you know they're they're going to move on and find somebody who will give them the illusion that they will. Sure. And so that's 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 kind of how it works. I, I think McFanjo is a brilliant coach, uh, but he basically wanted to be CEO of the defense, and the problem was the offensive coordinators he had were bad, yes. and the quarterbacks that he had were worse. Um, and, and so, you know, if if you had if the Broncos had acquired Aaron Rodgers last summer when they were, you know, all that stuff was going down and they were trying to and, and all that kind of stuff was happening, if they'd acquired, we're probably talking about coach of the year Vic yep. Fangio from last year. We're probably talking about a Broncos team that went deep in the playoffs and, and, and having an entirely different conversation right now. So a lot of it is quarterback dependent. Um, you talk about being being unfair. I don't, I don't, you know, fair is a is a funny word. I, yes, I don't know is. that anything's ever fair in life. But uh, as far as Vic Fangio goes, I think he's a brilliant coach, and, and his defense is the vogue defense yep. in the league right now but uh but in the end the, the team just had to move on yeah and that that's the thing about Fangio is is his scheme is right now the thing in the NFL where a couple you know 10 15 years ago it's the three four and uh last you know the last couple of years there's been this transition to the two deep shell and and now this is how how defenses are trying to combat all of these NFL passing offenses and and for him to sort of have that mark on the league but be out of it at this point does feel a little weird to me and I and I do expect Fangio at some point to get back into the league next year after a year off and go be a defensive coordinator somewhere or go take over a program as a full-time head coach but I am a little surprised that we we find one of the architects of one of the most effective you know past defenses in the league out of a job entirely it's not that he didn't have the offers but to just see him on the sidelines is 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 a bit weird Ben well, yeah, he's and, and part of that is because of the contract that he has. Uh, there are offsets in there, so if he took a job, he'd be working for free. So uh, he's just taking the, the head coach salary that he still has for this season, taking the year off, doing some consulting work for for the Forty ers and then uh, you know next year he'll come back and and, uh, and and be a defensive coordinator somewhere. He had offers. He had offers from San Francisco. He had offers from Jacksonville, things like that. And so um, there there were there were offers out there. 
So, Ben, um, I wanted to – obviously, we're, we were talking about Russell Wilson there for a little bit, and then we got into Vic Fangio. But this offense, uh, you know, is obviously an intriguing one. You guys bring back Melvin Gordon. Um, Javante Williams is – I mean, on the precipice, I think, of being one of the better young running backs in all of football. What does that backfield situation look like? Is is Gordon going to be the guy that is, is – essentially, I'm asking, is are things going to change this year? They bring him back, but he was sort of still the lead de facto. I know it towards the end of the year was way closer to 50-50 than it was to start the year. But it feels like Melvin Gordon probably – if you're if you're a Broncos fan and they the the Broncos re-signed uh, Gordon, I think there's a level of like, like uh, we we wanted to see Williams as that lead back and go find him a complimentary style back. And I'm just not sure Gordon is like a true complimentary style. He's not the pass catcher that you want. Like in my mind, I, I would have loved like a, a pass catching back option in that offense rather than bringing back Melvin Gordon. Well, they do have that in Mike Boone, uh, who's okay. the, the third running yep. back. But um, with, with Melvin, it's, it's going to be more of a situational role than it was last year. Um, you know, Javante's one weakness uh, is, is vision. Um, mm. That's kind of been his thing. And, and so he struggled in short yardage situations. Um, he had the highest stuff rate in the NFL, Javante did, um, uh, one of the highest stuff rates in the NFL. And that means going for zero or negative yardage uh, on a carry, where Melvin Gordon had one of the lowest. Um, and so short yardage type situations, goal line situations, it's going to be Melvin Gordon. Uh, and then other, mm. most other situations, it'll be, uh, you know, it'll be Javante. I think you're probably looking at a 60-40 split in favor of Javante this year um, and, and, and going from there. Um, with, with Javante, you know, I mean, he just he rips off those, those highlight reel runs. Melvin doesn't do that, but Melvin's more solid and steady. Uh, you know, you need one yard, he'll get you three. You need four yards, he'll get you three. So, um, you know, I think that uh, I, I think that's probably what you're going to see in terms of the split going forward. And then at the wide receiver position, I think everyone talks about the Bengals as having like that true top trio. Obviously, Chase is unbelievable, and T. Higgins is is really good, and Tyler Boyd is very solid. But this group of three. Uh, and maybe it's just because of the quarterback play they've had over the last couple of years where they really have it, especially like a Jerry Judy who just has not really hit that stride as of yet. Is is Tim Patrick the most underappreciated and under-talked about wide receiver in all of football? He might be. I mean, he just doesn't drop the football. He is Mr. Reliable on third down and you know, he's he's one of those guys that if you look at the guys he's had throwing and then you look at the numbers he's put up, you say how, you know. Uh, so it's it's um, you know he's he's been uh, he's been ultra reliable and yeah, one of the guys. I mean, he's not a he's not a complete wide receiver, but he's he's a long strider with uh, with great you know back shoulder catch ability. Uh, he can get deep on you. Uh, you. You don't want him running the technical routes where he's got to move because the hips just aren't there. But, um, but but he's a he's a great wide receiver. Um, you know, him and Cortland on the outside with kind of that sky's the limit catch radius, and then Judy and and it really. Is it's not a trio. It's a it's a it's a, a quartet right. with KJ Hamler. Yep. If Hamler could just stay healthy, I'll tell you the guys out there at practice, the corners out there at practice, privately they'll tell you that they don't want to get matched up with KJ in practice because mm-hmm. he makes them look silly. Um, you know they'll, they'll, they'll they'd rather line up on Judy. They'd rather line up on uh, on Sutton or Patrick because he's not going to make them look as silly. And, and and KJ just makes them look absolutely silly. So really, it's more of a quintet if if KJ can stay healthy. You know, and it's funny because I think about Wilson's last year in Seattle. You had DK. Metcalf, you had Tyler Lockett. If you want to say that 
at Cortland Sutton's your DK Metcalf, that that vertical big body receiver, well then that probably leaves Jerry Judy as being his Tyler Lockett. And I'm sort of wondering when that breakout happens for Judy. And I'm glad you brought up Hamler because he's sort of been a favorite of mine since he was drafted, but it hasn't materialized because as you mentioned there, the injuries have just been have been a hampering thing for him. But what is it? Is this the year, though? I mean, is it just as simple as they've got Russell Wilson and now Jerry Judy has the breakout campaign? Like, are, are you, I guess, predicting that he really has that official breakout Jerry Judy number, you know, n- number one wide receiver type situation? And is he that guy? Like, is he a number one receiver, Ben? I don't know if number one receiver is probably the best way to put it, but I think he can get a thousand yards and you know six to eight touchdowns this year. Um, and and he, I, I think if you're looking for Jerry Judy in a comparison to a receiver that, that worked with Russell Wilson before, I think it's more like Golden Tate. Mm. Um, I think he's going to be that guy on the backside, on the drag, on the slant, stuff like that. Russell put the ball in his hands and let him create. Uh, and I think that's – I think if you're looking for the locket guy, it's probably KJ. It's probably KJ mm. Hamler. Uh, and so I think that that's, that's really kind of um, the, the roles that they have you know, in this offense. And you know, you're going to see it's, – it's interesting because there's just there's so many bodies, and I don't know if there's enough balls to go around. So you could see Jerry Judy absolutely be dominant one game, and then the next game you know, he, he might not even be in the, uh, in the game plan as much just because there's, there's so many mouths to feed in this offense. We've got Broncos insider Benjamin Albright here on the Western Hotline talking about Denver. And before I ask you a couple questions about the rest of this division, I did kind of want to find out from you and, and, and your overall thoughts and the feels you've gotten from minicamp and, and going into this training camp session that – this is going to be an offense that finally, quote, you know, let's Russ cook. You know, we, we were talking about running backs, and, you know, both of them are downhill runners, but you, you mentioned the the breakaway ability of Javante Williams. But I'm wondering what this offense looks like in terms of a run-pass balance. Like, I, I think balance in the NFL is the worst hot phrase that anybody could talk about it in terms of offenses. I hate when people here in Buffalo talk about how the Bills need more balance. Like, no, they don't. They need to. Sure, they need to run the ball more effectively, but it doesn't mean they need to run the ball more. What is mm-hmm. what is the definition of balance, do you think, right now to Nathaniel Hackett? I think the definition of balance to Hackett is, is not tipping your hand what you're doing before the play starts. Whether you're throwing the ball 70% of the time or 50% of the time, as long as you're not tipping your hand and the defense is still guessing, then that's balance to him. Uh, I, I don't think balance is in a number of play calls in one direction or the other. You know, uh, Famously, John Gruden was that guy who wouldn't get but two or three plays away from doing one thing and have to go back the other way because he was right. obsessed with balance. I think Hackett goes the other way with that. So uh, I do think that this offense is going to be a lot more run-heavy than people think uh, simply because you've got those two backs and it's going to be you know the it's going to be outside zone left, back right. But, you know, I, I don't know that uh, – and if you look at Hackett's experience as a play caller, I mean, they were number one in the league in rushing the football uh, both times. He was first season as a play caller there in Buffalo and in Jacksonville. So, um, you know, I, I do think there will be plenty of running the football, but I, I think they'll let Russ cook as well. It's not going to be like Seattle where they run the football, run the football some more, run the football some more, and then when there's four minutes left, they ask Russ to perform a miracle. Uh, it's not going to be like that. Um, they, they'll let Russ cook in the sense that, uh, uh, that, that they're going to get him out there and do the things he wants to do, but there will still be a heavy run component to this offense. All right. Well, I, what I'm going to ask you now is to try to summarize the loss of Tyreek Hill in terms of the rest of the division and, and kind of how that was perceived. Because I, I won't lie, obviously there there was 
when the initial rumor, and obviously from the time the rumor came out to the time the move was made, I'm not sure I've seen a quicker turnaround, right, of, hey, you know, the Chiefs might be looking to move Tyreek Hill. Oh, wow, that's interesting. Oh, wait, they just traded him to the Dolphins. Like, it felt that quick and immediate. What is the feel in that division about how that affects Patrick Mahomes? Because I think there's a, there's a sense with a lot of smart people that I follow that know offenses that, that are, you know, that are analytic-based but also film-based that all sort of believe, of course, there is no replacing Tyreek Hill, but that – his absence in that offense might lead to them having more options, more ability in the pass game to disguise what they're doing because now teams aren't queuing on just him and 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 bracketing coverage over to him. I'm not sure that I totally buy it, Ben, but I'm also not going to tell you that I think Patrick Mahomes is going to turn into, you know, you, you know, name Mr. Me. He's not going to turn into Kirk Cousins here. <laughs> well, yeah, that's for sure. Pat Mahomes is Pat Mahomes, and he's the engine that makes all that go. That said, Tyreek Hill does do some things uh, that made them that made the Chiefs uh, tougher to defend. Just him being on the field, you know, um, you had to, you did have to bracket coverage, you did have to roll a safety over the top. Now you don't have to do that. I, I think the biggest person that's going to affect is not Pat Mahomes. I think it's Travis Kelsey because Travis Kelsey used to feast in the mid game because you had to you had to roll coverage over the top of Tyreek. And so now, um, you know, you're going to have to establish one of these two other guys, whether that's McCole Hardman, whether that's Marquez Valdez. Drop this. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. Uh, I don't know which of those guys is going to establish themselves as a as a reliable enough deep threat to, to to get you rolling coverage but that's the idea that's what they're going to have to do in order to establish that um i like juju but he's a he's a number two receiver and he's, he's just kind of a guy um and you know as travis kelsey now the the onus is going to be on him and at this point in his career i don't know that he commands um enough respect that you're dropping safeties down to bracket and and, and leaving somebody open over the top you know middle of the field closed and leaving somebody open over the top on the outside that was a good one man i i i that's why I bring you on the show, I mean, for the one-liners, but that, that was about as good as it gets. Let me get your thoughts on one more team here, and it's the Las Vegas Raiders. Obviously, I, I'm a big fan of what the Chargers did this offseason. I do think they overpaid for J.C. Jackson. I don't think he's that true dog, number one, you know, mm-hmm. number, you know, top five corner in the league. I watched Stephon Diggs burn him multiple times. I'm just not sure he's that guy, but he got paid like he's that guy. In Las Vegas, like – I think there's a real, real opportunity for that team. I know people are predicting them to be the worst team in that division. I'm not there. I like. I, I think they can be as good as Denver. I think they can be as good as the Chargers. The question is, is Derek Carr with Devontae, who's the true alpha number one wide receiver, going to be the guy that everyone still kind of considers him, which is, I mean, he's paid as a top five quarterback. I'm not sure he's that guy, though. Well, I think Derek might be one of the more underrated quarterbacks in the league. He's a top ten guy. I don't know if he's top five. He's a top ten quarterback. Um, you know, he, he's good. Derek Carr's a good quarterback. I don't, you know, I don't know if he's a great one, but he's a good one. Um, you know, and you got to pick your poison problem with, uh, you know, with who you got to defend between Waller, Renfro, and and Adams. Um, so that that's a problem on third downs. Uh, the problem with the Raiders, though, is uh, it doesn't have anything to do with with any of that. The problem with the Raiders, and uh, you know, good for them for moving from from Oakland to Las Vegas because uh, you know there's no D in Las Vegas either. Uh, is this that they 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 literally have nothing on the back end yeah. of that defense, uh, and so that's 
you know, that's the problem. Um, I, I, it's it's going to be a boat race type scenario. They're going to have to win shootouts, um, and that's going to be a problem. They did they did do a good thing and bring Chandler Jones to put him opposite Max Crosby uh, in terms of the pass rush, and that's going to pay wonders. But the problem is that back end is just it's awful, and so I, I just don't see a way that they're winning football games with with that secondary. Who's the uh, who's the corner they got from the Colts? In the uh, in, Rocky Sin, yeah, Rocky Sin. Yeah, he's not he's not uh, rocking the boat for you. Uh, you know, it would be a sin for me to say that he solved their problems. Love that. Love that. I'm, gl- I'm glad we both got two puns in there. Ben, I appreciate you, my friend. Enjoy your long weekend. Thanks so much for being so generous with your time, as always. Let's uh, let's plan on doing it again at some point this season. Absolutely, guys, and enjoy Von Miller out there. Thanks, brother. Will do. Benjamin Albright there on the Western Hotline. I'm going to take a timeout because this is the first time I've ever actually been semi-close to on time for breaks in an hour. So I'm going to get to break here. On the other side, we've got John Ellis. He covers the Panthers. We're going to talk Carolina. That's coming up next year on WGR. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.